Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, the Bible says in verse number 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let's come to the Lord in prayer before we dive into this text. Father God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for calling us to fight the good fight. Help us to be good soldiers. Help us to have a good profession. Help us to keep the good fight in the back of our mind with an eternal perspective, Lord. Help us to glean some truth from this verse. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. People don't like to fight anymore. We tend to have a a nation, culturally, that is really intent on demasculizing boys and making them into girls. Uh, And it ought not be so. It ought not be so, but it is. The church at large, as we look at it culturally in America, is going that direction. Boys, to learn how to be men, need to learn how to fight. They learn to know how to pick fights. They need to know what type of fight they should be in um, so that they can get that channeled and have an internal perspective. But let's turn over to 2 Timothy 2. I want to show you something. The good fight can only be fought by good soldiers. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How can you be a good soldier? You're going to have to endure some hardness. You know why uh, people don't want to fight? Because it's hard. You know why moms want to get their little boys in a cute little karate outfit because they look cute and they're going to get a little color belt oh and it's just going to be so fun uh yeah until little johnny gets punched in the gut that's the hardness he's going to have to endure (laughs) and so what has happened in karate uh in, in america it has gotten watered down to where look we don't want kids getting their eyeballs punched out every week uh, but good night. Let them put on some gear and let them, I mean, let them learn how to deal with a little bit of hardness. But you know what they do? They push them through these little tutti-frutti belts because they know that the kitties will stick around and they know that moms make the decisions more than the dads on these types of things. So we'll push them through and we'll give them a black belt in two years Uh If he hasn't endured any hardness, he's not a good soldier. As Christians, I want to be saved. I want to avoid hell. I want to go to heaven. So do I. But we got to be able to endure some hardness down here. Young people, listen up. This is about you. Look at verse number 1. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. How can you be a good soldier? You've got to endure hardness. How can you be a good soldier? Only if 
Verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. No one, no one qualifies to be a good soldier. No one qualifies to fight the good fight unless grace. We're saved by God's grace through faith in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by grace. By grace. Now, we have a problem, boys, girls, adults, myself included. The church needs soldiers. We have churches filled with saved people. We have churches full with moral people. We have churches full of people that come. But we need some soldiers. We know our sins are forgiven. We know our preacher saved. We know it's his job to tell people about the Lord. But you know what? We forget. When you're saved, your sins are forgiven. When you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. When you're saved, you avoid hell. When you're saved, you're a joint heir. When you're saved, uh, Jesus Christ is your advocate. But you know what we forget? We, at the same time, have been enlisted as a soldier in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't lose sight of that. Now, you boys, if you want to grow up and you want to join the military, here's what uh, Nathan's younger brother, John, he's going into the military. He's in the military. He's going... He's leaving to go overseas. But you know what? You know what the military has for you boys? Boot camp. Hard work. Push-ups. Timed meals and portioned meals. No dessert, Skippy. Give me 10. But I want give me 20. But I think, shut up. That's what you get. Okay? Hardness. Hardness. But you know who signs up? American-bred, patriotic, country-loving young men who want to serve their country selflessly, not selfishly. Here's what Jesus Christ has for you. You're going to have trials in this life. You're going to have sufferings you're going to have to face. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to face persecution. You might be jailed. You might be beaten. You might be killed. Well, Paul did that, and, and the early Christians did that. We see people, but, but not me, Lord. I don't want that. You don't want that. Neither of us are going to sign up for that. But we better be prepared to endure some type of hardness. And it's not, I went down to the library and somebody, there was a guy dressed like a girl, yelled at me. That's not persecution. Nobody punched you in the face. Nobody took out a gun and said, come with me. No one said, deny Jesus Christ or I'm going to shoot you. We don't know what persecution is. But, because our life is so comfortable... 
a little temperature off normal degree seems like persecution. You got to be able to endure some hardness. You start learning a musical instrument. You're not going to go to the big concert hall and play in front of everybody your first week. You'll have an emotional and nervous breakdown. You won't be able to handle it. So that teacher gets you to prepare. Sit up straight. Get your discipline. Deal with the distraction. Practice at home. Deal with some more distraction. And get you up to par so that you can endure some hardness when you have to play in front of all these people. Same with sports. Same with sports. You better be ready to endure some hardness. When I grew I grew up in the 70s and the 80s and um, the early 90s late 80s early 90s Mike Tyson hit the scene you kids don't have no idea who Mike Tyson is he's nuts he's crazy Mike Tyson the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing and Mike Tyson it was a bad mistake to sign up for a fight with Iron Mike. It was bad on all levels because somebody was going to go to the hospital and it wasn't going to be Mike. <laughs> that boy, Mike, was beaten as a child, abused as a child. His father and my horrible, horrible life. Inner city boxing takes kids like that and gives them an outlet. But there's only so much of an outlet you can give. Iron Mike was really just bred for the ring. Vile, vile man. Hater of God, hater of people. He hated people. And when he stepped into the ring, that hate was manifesting itself. The hardness that that man endured and the and the hardness that he had made others endure was unbearable. As a young man, comical to watch people dropping off a left hook and people getting their ear ripped off. But, vile man. What happened to, what happened to Iron Mike? The hardness that he endured made him into something. wasn't a good result. The hardness of sin that can harden your heart so bad will make you into something. Or, boys, you can endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Girls, who are you going to march for? The world? Satan and his lies or the Lord Jesus Christ? You're going to have to make that decision. Your parents are making it for you now. Get in line, little privates. But there's going to come a day when you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to march this way or I'm going to march that way. I'm going to let the world harden my heart 
I'm going to let Satan and his world system harden my heart and I'm going to be against God and I'm marching that way. Or you can endure the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and march on for him. Girls, we need you to grow up to live for Jesus Christ. We need soldierettes. Boys, we need you to grow up and march on for Jesus Christ because we need soldiers. Soldiers. Who's willing to sign up? Well, praise God. Praise God. It's not just the early church's calling. It's not just the preacher's calling. And nobody, nobody signed up for persecution. Yeah, let me, let me have that. They didn't. But they were willing to endure it if needed. All you have to do is say, I want to serve God. Hardness is going to come. You going to suck it up and march on or are you going to cower in the corner and that's going to be the end of it? Everybody comfortable? <laughs> we, we happy? <laughs> Everybody happy? Happy in Jesus. Oh, it's so great. Until you go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ and then they say, I don't believe in God. Oh, well, I guess. Should we believe in God? You're going to have to endure a little bit. Be kind, gracious, loving, but bold and a good soldier. Hey, boys, uh, you come to this playground often? Yeah, okay. Hey, my friend over there, we got some cigarettes that we smoke. Oh, no, we're Christians. Christians? What's that? Well, we believe in Jesus. Jesus? Ah, come on, let me show you some good stuff. You're going to have to figure out who you're going to march on for. You're going to follow that boy because he's older, bigger, stronger, and uglier than you are? Or are you going to stay on point and you're going to march on for what? But you're going to have to endure hardness one way or the other. Your heart's going to either be hard against God. Well, you're going to endure some hardness for God. It's going to come your way. It's going to come your way. You know what? Right now, I'm going to say, you're not going. Right now, I'm going to say, Mason, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't be doing that. That's wrong. But at 18, you're going to tell me one of two things. Preacher, I never agreed with you. And I'm just going to go do what I want. Or you're going to say, Preacher, Thanks for telling me that. I agree with God says. I'm going to march on for the Lord. You're going to do the same thing. Gwen, Hannah Grace, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to march on for somebody. You are. You're just going to have to figure out who it is. Whose army you enlisted in. Who are you going to endure hardness for? This world was hostile to the Son of God. It's going to be hostile to all those who really follow Him. You're not special. I'm not special. Nobody gets a pass. We're all in this thing together. Get in the fight. Get in the fight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We got to stop fighting with carnal weapons. 
Bible says in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter number ten. Now I, Paul, beseech you, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and face among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, all right, go ahead, pinch your arm. Pinch your arm, boys and girls. That's the flesh. That's what you walk in. When you get up and you move your feet, you walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. It's not a fleshly battle. Close your eyes. You can't see it. It's a spiritual battle. But you can see it all around you, but you can't see it. It's not flesh. It's spiritual. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You enjoy, you join the military, boys, you're going to get yourself a nice pistol. You're going to get yourself a nice rifle. You're going to get yourself some nice military boots. You're going to get yourself some nice camo military green outfit. You're going to get yourself some nice sunglasses. You're going to get a scope on your rifle. You're going to get some of you might get a tank. You ready to go, boy? Yeah, boy. I'm going to give me a helicopter. Jump out of that and just, oh, I'm launching it all down. Taking everybody out. Woo! Yeah, I'm a military man. March on. God says, guess what? I got a better idea. Put all that junk away. We're not fighting a fleshly fight. It's a spiritual fight. Ladies, young ladies, you're going to have to figure that out real quick. Because the battle is something you're going to be into. And God wants little soldierettes to grow up, enduring some hardness and realizing this is a spiritual battle. And we need soldierettes to be raised up so that they can fight for what's important. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Little soldierettes, listen up. As you grow up, this world's going to give you a message. This world's going to put something in front of your eyes. It's going to be put something in your ears, and you're going to have to figure out is that a thought that I want? And you better get that thought out and get another and you better get another thought that is in obedience to Jesus Christ. Cuz they're coming. Boys, they're coming. We got a spiritual fight. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We wage a spiritual fight. It's not a carnal fight. It's not a social fight. It's not a political fight. When people be saved. People get saved. Jesus Christ living in them. God will start working stuff out. Boys, you join the military, you're going to have to make some sacrifices for your country. You're going to have to make financial sacrifices. You're going to have to leave a comfortable home, a comfortable bed. You're going to have to leave family and friends that you love. And you're going to have to leave your home country. 
And then you know what you get when you get to the military? No family, no friends. You're going to bunk with a bunch of strangers you don't know. You're going to have a life of discomfort. But you know what? <clears throat> Leaving the comfortable allows you to get good at being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. That's the Christian life. You'll grow as a servant and you'll become a better soldier for it. You become a warrior. So we say, Lord, let me get this straight. I have to get... I have, I have obstacles in my life and, and, and you want me to get rid of these obstacles and, and you want me to learn to deal with discomfort and you want me to... Oh boy. Eesh. I have to not be distracted by every temporal thing after another? Yes. You do. How many of you boys like sports? How many of you girls like sports? Okay. Here's what the coach is going to say to you. You're late. Run three laps. And you're going to say, yes, sir. Yes, coach. <sighs> you know why? Because you want to be a good player. You know what the coach is going to say? Yo, Skippy, get your, get your ball glove on the ground when a ground ball comes at you. And you're going to say, I'm going home. No, you're going to say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, coach. Okay, yes, sir. Because you want to be a good player. And then you're going to step up to the plate with your ball bat, and the pitcher's going to throw a fastball, and it's going to hit you in the neck. And then the coach is going to say, all right, just shake it off there, Skippy. Shake it off. You're all right. Next, next one. And you're going to say, yes, sir, coach, all right. I'm going to shake it off. Oh, boy, that hurt. I'm shaking it off. You know why? Because you want to be a good player. But as soon as God says, you know what? We should go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, God, I don't know if I want to, God. <laughs> as soon as God says you're going to endure a little bit of hardness, oh, boy, do I have to? It's just so much easier to sit at home. Why? Because we want to be good at one thing, but we don't want to be good at another. We'll endure hardness for something that we so believe in. And if we want to be a good player, we'll do anything it takes. We'll take all the hardness that comes our way because we want to be a good, good player. God says the same thing. You know what a U.S. Soldier, military soldier is not doing? He's not calling a stockbroker every Friday. His financial stuff, that's, that's a distraction. He's putting that aside. He's not checking in with his business partners at lunchtime. Hey, how's, how's, it, how's it going? No, he's not. All that's put aside. And he is obeying the officer who is over him and who has enlisted him. Whatever the general says, that soldier does. I've got a general. And he doesn't tell me to quit my job. He doesn't tell me to do any of these things. That, But he says, I should obey what he says. And I should follow marching orders. I'm just not called to the ministry. Well, is the army made up of mostly generals? 
or the common soldier? It's the common soldier. We're all called. We are. Christ's army is not just the preacher. Christ's army, and I don't even want to say the common Christian because we're all Christians, but it's not just the preacher's job to be in the fight. It's every single one of us. Keep our jobs, pay our bills, love your spouse, Where do I start? Let's get 1 Samuel 17. You can start where David started. Samuel chapter 17 verse number 37 the Bible says David said moreover the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine and Saul said unto David go and the Lord be with thee you know what David did first on the family farm he took care of business first bear and a lion he killed that he slew that first on the family farm before he went out into the public arena and started getting his eye on that Philistine. Right? Be like David. Where do you start? At home. At home. Be a good soldier at home. Prove yourself at home first. Then out to the neighbor. Then out to the town. Then out to the state. And the next thing you know, as Christians at large, we've got it to the uttermost parts of the earth. But we got to be like David and start at home. Ephesians chapter 4. Or Ephesians chapter 6. I hate to keep going back there, but it does make sense in this type of... Scripture. Ephesians chapter number 6. Alright, verse number 14. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. You want to stand on the truth of God's Word. Amen, right? Amen. What else we got? And having on the breastplate of righteousness. What does that do? It defends the vital parts of your body, the breastplate, right? How's your Christian character? How's your Christian integrity? That's the vital parts that you need to have. Those are your vital parts. Breastplate protects your real heart in a fight. Your breastplate of righteousness, you, you're, you want your Christian character to be protected. And you want your integrity to be protected by righteousness. And the Bible says... Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You prepare with the right gospel? Peace to all men everywhere. Jesus Christ can give that. 
Or is it a social gospel, a political gospel? Uh, I'm going to harp on specific sins gospel. Is it, I'm gonna, is it a gospel that says you've got you to repent of everything and stop sinning before you can get saved? And, or is it the gospel of Jesus Christ? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repentance unto God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to bring that gospel. Romans chapter 10. Let's see what we've got. Romans 10. Let's see if our feet are shod. The gospel of peace. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For who soever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. How then shall they call on Him who they have not believed? How many of you know that there's people out here that do not believe on Jesus Christ? All right, very good. So, we, so how are they going to call on Him whom they have not believed? They're not. How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? They don't believe they're not going to call on Him. If they don't hear it, they're not going to believe to call on it. How shall they hear without a preacher? They've got to be preached to. Somebody's got to tell them. They've got to read something. And how shall they preach except they be sent. Evangelism in one word. Go. Evangelism in two words for the youth of our generation. Go time. Get in the fight. Get out there. Go and do something for God. I'm not called to Afghanistan. I'm not called to uh, Sierra Leone. I'm not called to China. I'm... Either am I. But go. Go somewhere. Go to a neighbor. Go to a co-worker at lunch. Go, out, go downtown. But go. Go. We're called. We're sent out. Go. We've got to bring that gospel. And then the Bible says, let's go back. Ephesians chapter 6. And above all, taking the shield of faith. You need a defense in a battle, right? You need defense. And then verse 17, the helmet of salvation. Ladies, soldierettes, boys, men, what is guarding your thought life? What is guarding my thought life? You better put some type of helmet on. <laughs> all right, we got all that, right? Sword of the Spirit. Why do we need the Word of God? Because you can't win a battle without offense. Your best defense is a good offense. You can't win. You can defend, 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 defend. Unless you get that pigskin over that line, you're not getting points to win. You need God's Word. You can't win anything without offense. We got all this armor. We're complete, right? Yes, but no. We're not. Because what does it say next? Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Without prayer, we're incomplete. With prayer, we are complete 
and we will be much more useful. You say, God, but I got all the armor on. Great, but you know what you didn't do? You didn't pray. And you didn't do that all the time, like I said. So when it's time to go in the battle, you just throw on your spiritual gear. If you're not prayed up, God says you're not going to be as effective. When should we pray? All the time. Many of these people want to make a big deal about prayer and have this big thing. And uh, If you're praying for a show, God don't like it. When God says in verse number 18, praying always... We're with each other twice a week. Three times on outreach, maybe. As the church grows a little bit more. We're not with each other always. But I find something I'm praying for you. I find something I'm praying over here for you. If something pops in my mind when I'm driving, I close my eyes, bow my head. No. <laughs> we, we, are, we should be praying always. Well, the preacher doesn't pray enough. You're not with me all the time. You're not with me when I'm at the computer while my wife's sleeping and I'm trying to finish up something and something pops into my head and I remember, oh, i got to pray for this person. That's right, that's going on. Yep. And the next thing you know, it's 12 o'clock and she yells at me to turn the light off and, well, <laughs> and I'm not with you. When you're tossing or turning or Something's going on. And now it's you and God. We're not with each other all the time. We should be praying always. It's not for a show. We need a prayer closet. Prayer closet for me is, it just popped into my head, here's my closet. <laughs> Some have a closet. Amen. Amen. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. Romans chapter 8. We'll start to land the plane. Romans chapter 8. Verse number 37. A great verse. Nay. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You know, God throughout all eternity is going to share His victory with us of Him defeating Satan on that cross at Calvary. He won the victory. You know what God tells us to do? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, Lay hold on eternal life. Grab a hold of it. You enter into it when you trust Christ, but live like it. You know you're going to live forever with Jesus Christ and you're going to just rejoice. He's sharing that victory with all of us that are saved. Lay hold on eternal life. Get an eternal perspective on things. Live like it. The Bible says you made a good profession. You professed it. A good profession. People mess things up and then people try to broad brush stuff and say the whole thing's wrong. These emotional appeals for the preacher that tries to talk 
people into walking an aisle and somehow walking the aisle saves you and then repeating this prayer that they never really wanted to say, but the preacher has this charisma, charisma about him that makes the kid or the young person repeat the prayer. And uh, then he says he's, he, he declares him saved. I'm not for none of that junk. But I'm not going to be a guy that says walking an altar is somehow sinful. Now that emotional appeal, what I just described, that junk's wrong. But look, if this altar's always open. It could be in the middle of a service, the end of a service, when the piano's playing, when the piano's not playing. This altar's always open. Somebody wants to come to the altar and make a profession, get before God, he's not embarrassed. Look, God's moving in somebody's heart. I'm not going to stop it. I'm certainly not going to try to mix something up and try to make something up in their heart to get them to do something. That's wrong. But if God's doing something in somebody's heart, let them come to the altar. Well, altar calls are wrong. You're wrong. Your heart's wrong. We shouldn't be ashamed to make a good profession. We shouldn't. And talk about everything else. Yeah, this team did that, and Tech won this. Well, they didn't really won much, but Tech this and Tech that, and, uh, you know, what about God? I'm not saying none of that stuff's wrong. Look, I... But if we can't profess good things about Jesus Christ, we gotta, we got to relook at that. we got to relook at it. You know, when the Bible says, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses, if, if a young man comes in tonight... He comes up and he says, I just want to tell you what the Lord did for me this week. I was witnessing this man. I told him about the Lord. That tells me two things. One, he's not ashamed to tell people about it. In front of Christians, he's not ashamed to testify what he believes. Which makes him not ashamed to go out and tell others about Jesus Christ. If I can't talk to you all about the Lord, how am I ever going to talk to strangers who don't even like God? It's not going to happen. So God says, that's not a good profession. Let's lay hold of, let's lay hold and have an eternal perspective. You do that, you're going to be much more inclined to go out and fight that fight. Closing my Bible, soldierettes. That means Brother Jimmy's done. There's no soldierettes asleep back there, are there? All right, let's bow our head. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for enlisting us as soldiers. It's great to be a part of your army. Help us to want to fight the good fight. Help us to have an eternal perspective. Help us to keep our have a good profession among witnesses here. We have a good profession. We'll make a good soldier. Make a good soldier. We'll be able to fight the good fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, 
Christ is all.